You are listening to the Revolutionary Force in Professional Wrestling Podcast for over 20 years. Reviews, interviews, shoots, news, and opinions like no other. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ring Scoops. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Ring Scoops podcast here on ringscoops.com. I am your host, the webmaster, Wade Needham. And we've got a jam-packed podcast for everybody out there this week. we got McAvall, we've got the DA, and we've got Kat joining me on this week's program. The intro this week here is not going to be as long as usual. There's a couple tidbits here. Um, that I would like to address and talk about and just kind of let everybody know what's going on tonight on the podcast. Um, well, DA and Mac and I do a jukebox, but this jukebox is unlike any other ones that we've done before. It's a lot longer and there's a lot more uh, discussion going on about things in general about the person that gets brought up. I would highly recommend... Um, when you listen to this, don't listen to it with, with headphones. I mean, not headphones, but with speakers. Uh, there may be some stuff that we may have joked about or said that may not be suitable for, <laughs> for a general audience. Um, there's definitely a lot of, uh, you know, l- hard language used throughout this episode with, you know, even with the segment with Kat and I later on. Uh, Kat and I, later on, we're going to talk about our, our biggest gripes in modern wrestling today. And we planned to go 15 minutes, and we went a lot longer than that. There were a lot of things that we had problems with with modern wrestling. And in the, the jukebox segment, there's <laughs> we try not to get political on this show because we'd like to make this an escape from that. Not that not like anybody's taking sides or anything like that. It's not a campaigning kind of thing. But I mean, we did bring up some politics. We brought up uh, you know some some interesting things going on. That segment was recorded on Thursday, uh, November fifth. The uh, segment with Cat and I was recorded on Friday, November sixth. So November fifth, November sixth, and of course I'm recording this right now, November sixth. It was just a little while ago. Recorded the segment with with Cat. So just kind of give a little time stamps on when these discussions took place in case there's anything brought up that might be irrelevant now, more so, you know, in reference to the jukebox. But uh, anyway, some news here in the world of professional wrestling. This went out yesterday uh, uh, from WWE. Um, Undertaker's final farewell set for Survivor Series. It says here in this press release, The Undertaker's final farewell will take place at Survivor Series on Sunday, November 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern, streaming live around the world on WWE Network, capping off the Phenom's legendary 30-year career. One of the most iconic superstars in WWE history and a pop culture phenomenon, Undertaker made his debut at Survivor Series November 22nd, 1990. Wow, it's 30 years to the day, man. November 22nd. Uh, From his debut with Brother Love to his critically acclaimed match with AJ Styles at this year's WrestleMania, The Undertaker has participated in some of the greatest matches in history against Hall of Famers such as Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, 
Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Mick Foley. He had multiple WWE championship reigns and held an unmatched and astounding undefeated streak at WrestleMania that lasted 21 years. So this is going to be interesting about The Undertaker, if this is really going to be his, his, his legitimate swan song, if you will, right? I guess uh, that's a big marketing thing right there for Survivor Series to get people to sign up. Uh, we got a news update here about Scorpio Sky after he was pulled from this week's episode of Dynamite. Scorpio Sky put out some tweets, two tweets to be exact. Here's the first tweet. Quote, I want to thank those who reached out on, in concern and let you know I'm okay. Once I found out that I had come in contact with someone who might have had COVID-19, I immediately notified the AEW medical staff and got tested. It was negative. Here's the second quote. Quote, at that point, I went out and got myself tested elsewhere to be sure, and it was again negative. The person I was in contact with have also tested was also tested, and the results were negative. So the important thing is I'm in good health and eager to get back to work, end quote. So there you go. There's an update about Scorpio Sky. Um, I've worked with Scorpio Sky plenty of times out here in Southern California during my uh, my short 9-10 uh, year run doing commentary and other jobs in Southern California. Scorpio Sky, one of the one of the genuine, good, nice guys in wrestling. There's a lot of phonies out there. There's a lot of guys that'll shake your hand and want with one hand and stab you in the back with another one. But Scorpio Sky is a very nice dude. He's a tremendous talent. He's well-spoken on the mic. He's got everything you can imagine in his tool set for, uh, uh, you know, working a wrestling show. He's, he's, the, he's a utility player. He's a total package. Scorpio Sky is just trying to say Scorpio Sky is a badass. That's what he is. He's a good guy. Uh, and and uh, continuing with the, uh, the AEW, thing here um they get a pay-per-view tomorrow night full gear november 7th so i'm recording this the day before so i'm not going to get predictions but i'll just uh i'll tell you what the card is uh apparently in a pre-show match they got serena deeb uh versus allison k singles match for the nwa women's championship then you got orange cassidy versus john silver you got chris jericho versus mjf with wardlow You've got uh, Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero. You got Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. The elite deletion match. Why are these guys? No, never mind. John Moxley defending the AEW Championship in an I Quit match against Eddie Kingston. Tag team match for the AEW Tag Team Championship. If the Young Bucks lose, they will never challenge for the tag titles again. And Tolly Blanchard's banned from ringside. Uh, FTR, the champions defending against the Young Bucks. Then we got Cody with Arn Anderson defending the AEW TNT Championship against Darby Allen. And we've got an AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament final match. The winner receives a future World Championship match. Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega. So there you go. That's the card for full gear. Uh, that's nine matches. It, um, I don't watch AEW regularly, but I will have to say from an outsider looking in, this actually looks like a stacked card. Uh, you got the FTR Young Bucks match. That's going to be big. Uh, Cody is always good in the ring. Uh, I'm sure that he'll, him and Darby Allen will probably step it up, do some good stuff. 
Page and Omega, I'd have to imagine that these guys have phenomenal chemistry with each other, whether they're working as a tag team together or their opponents staring at each other across the ring. Moxley and Kingston got a <laughs> the history between those two guys. And I'll tell you, Kingston, he's, he's El Fuego on the microphone. Um, I'm not, I pray for Matt Hardy. I really do. Uh, the women's title match, the, the whole women's uh, division, the picture, I, I don't know. Uh, I hope it's better now than it was a year ago. Uh, Jericho and MJF, from a wrestling standpoint, I would have preferred Jericho from uh, five years ago versus a guy like MJF, but it is what it is. Still going to be a good match. Uh, Orange Cassidy, John Silver, I have no idea who John Silver is. I'm not a big fan of Orange Cassidy. But I'll tell you this, I will go out of my way to watch Serena D versus Allison K. Cause I love both of those women. They are phenomenal talent. They, they are going to be, they, they have to be in the top 20 best professional wrestlers around the world. Serena D and Allison K. But that's just my opinion about that. And that's the intro here for the ring scoops podcast. We're just going to jump right in. We're not even going to do like a little commercial break thing. We're just going to jump right in ladies and gentlemen to the jukebox with the DA and with McAvall. So yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back here on the Ring Scoops podcast. The webmaster, Wade Needham. State of emergency here on the Ring Scoops podcast. We got the jukebox. We got the, we got the, we got special guests. We got the DA. Everybody knows on the jukebox, the DA. And we got a special guest joining us here. McEvall. How you guys doing, man? Hey, my good friend, McEvall. I'd like to welcome you to the jukebox. Welcome. Uh, Mackable's not here, but Rocky, are you there? Yes, I am, Bullwinkle. Hey, guys, what's up? Holy shit. <laughs> I really thought Rocky and Bullwinkle were in the fucking chat. That was a damn good impression. Wow. Wow. <laughs> kind of... uh, if I uh, close my eyes, it sounds like Rocky and Bullwinkle are on this podcast. Kind of brings me back to the old days. And by old oh, days. Oh, <laughs> By old days, I mean this. In the glass of water or pitcher, combine the Lipton iced tea mix with cold water using the proportions given below. Add sugar, ice, lemon to taste. Nice, refreshing Lipton iced tea unsweetened. Oh, oh no, really? Oh, jeez. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> well, uh, mm. I hear something they'll really like. Is this something that Mikey would like? Oh, boy. <laughs> that sounded like Boris and Natasha. All <laughs> right, Bullwinkle. All right. This is the Andy Kaufman Comedy Hour here on the Jukebox, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Mac, this is your first time here on the Jukebox. Let me explain the rules just real quick one time for your mind. <laughs> chicka, chicka, chow. Oh, chicka, chicka, chow. <laughs> Even though everybody knows the rules. Everybody knows the rules. Uh, the jukebox. We play a random theme song, and then we just shoot the shit 
whatever comes to our mind about whatever theme is played and it's at random we don't know what it's going to be it's like russian roulette can we say that is that racist nowadays to say russian roulette is russia a race i want to tell you if it's racist it's a nationality right it's not a race i will tell you if it's racist or not remember when uh did the uh the the Ukraine accent interviewing Iron Sheik in 2003. What the funny fucking accent you got there. Hey, he called my ass out on that one, didn't he? That was yeah, some he good did. shit. Then we called him I up on the 4th he... of July and asked what he did. <laughs> I remember he got really pissed because you were like, uh, how was it like to do the job? He's like, you don't know what job is. Oh, yeah, he flipped out <laughs> on me. Big time. <laughs> it was a short arm clothesline. She did not know how to work, brother. <laughs> Well, earlier today, didn't Sheik request a recount for the 1984 <laughs> match against Hogan? <laughs> Sheiky, baby, I want the rematch with Hulk Hogan. I'll humble you. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. All right, all right. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead. We're going to play the theme. We're going to put another coin in the jukebox, baby, and here we go. Box, you've done it again. <laughs> you know, I've been watching the coverage of the 2020 election, and they keep saying Georgia, Georgia. We got to look at Georgia. We're waiting on votes from Atlanta, and when they say Atlanta's in Cobb County, that's the one song that pops in my head. <laughs> I I can't stop singing it. It's like a fucking dog when he hears the bag of treats. <laughs> If you ever take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia. <laughs> well, hopefully that dog's name isn't Pepper. Oh, I hope you like it because it's got pepper in it. <laughs> you, mean, you mean like the spice, right? No. <laughs> I think the DA's got a little extra spice tonight. <laughs> when, when your dad is dead. <laughs> Oh shit! I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, I love that where he uh, showed up at the funeral and the fucking big show was right. The, the, the kid with the big old with the big uh, blues brothers horn on top. And then the big show. Dad was being dragged away, and he jumped on top of the casket. Who wrote this? Yeah, but he was on that casket for like a good ten seconds. Like he was but surfing on that seven feet thing. tall. So you don't think that the the power of him and and the force would just crush the casket? <laughs> and just imagine the the funeral goers. I guess the what end was of his thought view, process. I want to know like, what was he thinking. Like, he could stop it with just by jumping on it. No, you can't take this casket. <laughs> Wham! Big Joe dead. 
out of here. <laughs> you remember the kettle from Hell Match where all the dogs were just shitting and pissing and fucking each other in the fucking kettle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just remember when, the, when he had a match with The Undertaker and The Undertaker literally killed him. <laughs> got lynched. He literally got killed hung. him. Yes. Not in a good way. No. <laughs> Man. He was in. He was like, wow, that went down a rabbit hole. I think uh, <laughs> Big Bossman was one of them workers that just couldn't say no, huh? <laughs> just imagine, just imagine them in the back. And what I'm gonna do is you're gonna start crying a little bit, and then I'm gonna say, "Well, well, <laughs> your daddy's dead." <laughs> I, I could just, I could see the pitch meeting. All right. This is what we're going to do, pal. We're going to have you take the casket away. You're going to pay me, right? Of course. All right. I'll do it. <laughs> it's funny because you asked, you know, who wrote this shit? <laughs> <laughs> that was two months after Vince Russo had left, so he can't take the blame for that segment. <laughs> you don't know if he had it in the can and they were just like looking through Russo's shit. <laughs> I would like to think that Vince McMahon, out of spite, would have fucking thrown anything that Russo had on the plate <laughs> right out the window when he left, though, right? <laughs> Seems like a Vince thing to do, a Vince McMahon thing to do. Yes. Girl, but you know, <laughs> now that was a Vince answer. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, growing up though, like I remember with Big Boss Man, uh, he scared the shit out of me because when he f debuted, he was a heel, and then they turned him face, and it was kind of cool. You know, it was like Hulk Hogan's buddy at that time, but I think we kind of know now why. But um, yeah, when he was he was a heel back then with the the outlandish cop outfit that he had, like <laughs> like what he wore in like ninety eight, ninety nine, and beyond, and all that kind of stuff was a lot more of a modern take. And I think even if if he was alive today, still doing the gimmick, I think that gear would have been perfect for today's standards. Yeah, if he if he I think would have made it more appropriate if you know what would have been a great act if he was alive, mm. putting him with Jack Swagger. Oh. When they had the We the People. Yeah. And had him, like, rather than it being, like, the black outfit, have him, like, in the actual uh, cameo, like, a cameo outfit of that. Yeah. And having him be, like, I don't know, like, some type of, um... Well, like, like hiding in a bush or something? <laughs> no, like a... No, like... No, because it's, like, it matches today's climate, because you see a lot of these guys and, and you know... Oh yeah, like cameo big outfits guy. walking around with guns like, and stuff. Oh, I was in the military. Oh, what what branch did you serve? Uh, the the hardest branch. <laughs> the hardest branch. <laughs> I served every single branch that you possibly could in the military, especially the hardest. I was the branch manager. <laughs> I was in the Navy. Oh, what did you do in the Navy? I was the anchor. <laughs> what do you mean what, what, what I did in the Navy? That's classified. <laughs> Peeled them potatoes with my teeth. <laughs> At least the few that I got left. <laughs> you know all the planes that would come and land on the ship and take off on the ship and then land on the ship? Yeah, I know that. 
okay, then you then then I may be t- telling you too much then. <laughs> <laughs> That's <was> awesome. <laughs> Remember when George W. Bush came down on that plane and said "Mission accomplished" on that banner? Guess who put up that banner? What was it you? Was no, I knew the guy who put it up. I'm just saying, I was there. I, I'm, just asking, I'm just asking. Did you know him? Because I know him. <laughs> we should take the show on the road. You know, you got a good little uh, trio going. Uh, yeah. yeah, but the but the big yeah, but the big boss man. I, I guess going with the rules of the jukebox, the first thing I immediately thought of is his match with the Mountie. Oh my um, God, yes. Which about was funny because, style. but yeah, but it was funny because it really was the Canadian police against the American police. Yep. If you think about it. And, you know, today I think that would get so much heat. <laughs> like really bad, like letters and people coming and then showing you know showing when the mountie was booked yeah that was a <laughs> little bit before my time i'm uh, the mountie was the heel in that program right oh yeah absolutely yeah, yeah and absolutely. and nowadays it would be reversed right the the big boss man would be the heel just because of the climate yeah i, have I would to, say so. i have to yeah i would say that and then i would have to say too that i think bret hart did a lot in terms of the perspective of how we look as Americans at Canadian wrestling. Mm-hmm. Because he, he was a heel, but he was only a heel representing his country, talking about how better his country was. Yeah. Yeah, he and wasn't he was anti right. everything else. He was pro Canada. Yeah, but, but he was right on a lot of this stuff. And that's why I think that hurts so much because he was right on a lot of the things that were going because these were like real political issues mm-hmm. at oh, the yeah. time. And then when you went to Canada and you saw the response he got, like when they had that, uh, I think it was uh, that big uh, tag team match. Canadian Stampede. Was the, yes, the Hart Foundation uh, against, uh, what was it, Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, Vader? No, Shawn wasn't in it. He had a hurt oh. knee. <laughs> yeah, like his third oh, knee. Oh, yeah, they replaced year. They replaced him, didn't they? Then they replaced him or something. I don't know. I don't think they replaced him. He was just out by then. Um, because I they he won- was booked for the match, <laughs> and then they they put a replacement in. Nah, at the um, last minute. No, it was. Well, I'm uh, thinking of something else. I think you're thinking of something else. Uh, that's when they put Dude Love into the tag team title match. Um, because weeks after that is when they, because I think the team was it was Steve Austin, um, it was LOD, Ken Shamrock, and Goldust. Because Goldust and, and Pillman, did I just make up an event? You might have. <laughs> Be, because remember, Goldust and Pillman had something going on. Ken Shamrock and the Bulldog had something going on. Owen was transitioning into working something with Austin. That that night signified it because that's when he rolled Austin up. So uh-huh. uh, he moved away from Brett, and Brett moved on to the world title picture. LOD. I think they were just fucking throwing in there just because. What in what am I talking about? Jim Neidhart didn't have shit. <laughs> yeah, I just came up with some Poor Jim Neidhart. I came up with a with a uh, like a Raw versus SmackDown like old two thousand and four like <laughs> tag team match or something that simulated. Yeah. Or something. Anyway, um yeah. I, I going back to what I was saying that the Mountie and the big boss match. 
Yeah, I remember as a kid watching that, and I, I've I've said it a couple times whenever we bring up that uh, boss man and Mountie. When I was a kid, man, I got the giggle so freaking bad, and I still do to this day whenever I watch it back. When uh, Mountie's getting arrested and they're doing the fingerprinting, and they're like, "We need your finger, we need your finger," and he goes, "You want the finger?" and he flipped off the camera. <laughs> seeing that as like a seven or eight year old you know that was the coolest shit in the world especially at that time like nowadays i guess kids are like they're desensitized to stupid shit like very desensitized <laughs> yes yeah they like uh, so desensitized the ring scoops porn hub logo shirt that i had my my nephew who was 12 years old at the time saw that shirt and he goes i know that logo and his mom goes how do you know that logo oh boy he got fucking red in the face almost as red as his hair man that's fucking crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, they're desensitized nowadays. So, a lot of shit. A lot of shit. Let me ask you guys this, though. As far as, like, the boss man and, like, the gear that he had and all that kind of shit um, and, and the gimmick that he had, do you, do you think that when they created the shield, do you think the big boss man crossed their minds at any point, or do you think that just happened to be pure coincidence? That's a really good question. Because um, they were the hounds of justice, they, right? I would, I would say, I would say no. And the reason why I would say no is because I think I would love to see. You know how the 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 um, the former tag team, the revival, mm-hmm. they showed all these drawings of like their crazy outfits that they were trying to pitch to them, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. When they were in the WWE and they had like yeah. the big old like chains and stuff like that right which i just i mean that's a totally different subject because obviously if you are someone that because you know all of us on the phone here on the podcast here um we have dabbled in you know graphic design design stuff in the past currently designing stuff etc etc Sometimes we have some really stupid ideas <laughs> when we're making stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we have the really good, great ideas that end up what people end up seeing when the finished product comes out. So in that case with them, I would love to see the other ideas that were good because I know that's not the only idea that they gave you. But that's a totally different conversation. I think because of the shield, they were just trying to figure out what can we do around the name, and they came up with the whole idea. Mainly, I think they were thinking not most, not so much police, but more so SWAT, like a SWAT team. Yeah, yeah, like a riot control. Yeah, yeah. Do you think they? Uh, it would have been a good pairing if they would have put the shield with uh, um, Jack Swagger. Because you mentioned before, you know, if Boston had been alive at the time, that him and Swagger would have been great. What about the Shield and Swagger? No, because Swagger is has the ability to not get over no matter what he does. <laughs> uh, he he's just he's just him or Jake Hagar. Like he can't get himself over. Um, he's a diehard Republican, which again, some people are Republicans, some people are Democrats. It's fine. Not but, that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> but but um, a quote that Michael Jordan said a long time ago is this. He said, they asked him, hey, 
how come you're not getting involved in there was a big local race, I guess, in Chicago, and it was an African American man who I think he was running for a Senate seat, and they were asking him to endorse him or something. Um when that was, you know, quote unquote time to, you know, do that, he said, I'm not going to do it because Republicans wear my shoes as well too. And he did not want to alienate himself with one party and one affiliation. Jack Swagger as a personal human being, I don't like him at all because of some of the stuff that he says and has nothing to do with him being a Republican. Just some of the stuff he says, I can't get with him. Yeah. So his gimmick since he's been in the WWE and in AEW is really just him. There's no difference when the we the people work so well because that's what he believed in. Yeah. You know, him being Jake Hagar is I'm going to say is working, but it's you know is 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 resonating somewhat uh, in AEW because that's who he is. So no, I don't think it would work because who the Shield are or were as characters were completely different from who they are as people, you know, in everyday life. And I yeah, don't think I that to... he would be able to do the character to push them past, you know, a, a higher level than where they were at. I don't think he, he, he didn't, he doesn't understand character. So I would say that's a long answer, but no, because he just does not understand how to be a character. The only thing he knows how to be is himself, which is great if you're talking about everyday life, but in wrestling, that's a horrible thing and a horrible position to be in. Yeah. I was going to say that I, I, I completely agree. It was two different characters. And uh, I I don't think it would ever worked. Um, Shield was just going in and beating up people. Jack Swagger was doing his We the People against, you know, whatever he was against. It was just two different personalities, two different storylines, two different characters. Absolutely. I agree with you guys on that. I really do. I really do. Um, before we head out real quick, though, uh, Mac, uh, do you have any uh, shout-outs or any plugs or anything like that for the fine folk out there listening? MyWorkoutGym.com for all your fitness needs. That's MyWorkoutGym.com. All righty, MyWorkout. Hey, I'm going to I'm gonna have to get some more stuff off there, man, because I, I just I love that story. I, at least once a month, I'm on there shopping and getting something on there. And I recommend it. It's it's helped me out. You're definitely you're definitely a loyal customer, and I appreciate that. And you know, I, I, I could tell that it's working. Now. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, like in the last two three months, but like you know, I've I've had a confidence boost because I've been feeling pretty good working out and all that stuff. My energy levels have been different. I'm almost like 2005 Webmaster Wade energy levels, as you guys could probably tell. And I, I credit part of that to myworkoutgym.com. Yeah, I, I did notice. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not there with you when you're working out with the equipment, but I did notice that you definitely. Come on, Max, spot me, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's I, this? I the grand openings next week? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
Uh, DA, before we head out, do you have any shout outs or any plugs for anybody out there, bro? Yes, I would like to plug uh, my workout uh, app. It's called Your Workout Gym. <laughs> joking. Uh, <laughs> com, where you work out, not me. Yeah. Hey, have you guys ever heard of this thing called Seven Minute Abs? <laughs> <laughs> I get a great idea. Six Minute Abs. Uh, anyway, I wanted to plug my podcast that I do with my buddy Rob. It's called Two Guys Drinking. That's the number two. We're on anywhere you listen to podcasts or anchor.fm slash two guys drinking. Once again, that's the number two guys drinking. Sponsored by our workout gym deck. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded like uh, Alex Joe. uh, Infowars.com. Infowars. I love the conversations you and Rob get into, man. I say it all the time, but like my favorite thing is when Star Wars gets brought up and he just owns you. <laughs> what? He does not own me. He owns you. Come on. You you're know not what? allowed to own people anymore. And I, I, I hey, you're right. But oh, ho, ho. Ho, ho. I just, one of these days, I would, I want him to call you Candy Cane on the air. Just, you know. Candy? Yeah. <laughs> he, he's got that voice, man. I know he did that movie. I just know he did. All right, and and that reminds me too. I know you asked me. I can't even remember when you asked me to redo your logo, and I said yeah, and I totally forgot about it until right now. I apologize on the air right now for that. And well, I, I would like to make an apology to Dougie Nunny. Oh God, that that <laughs> fucking guy. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's gonna go ahead and wrap up the jukebox for this week. Mac Da, thank you all for joining the jukebox. Uh, we still got some more Ring Scoops podcast to come, ladies and gentlemen, so stay tuned for that. It's the Webmaster Wade. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the Ring Scoops podcast. I am the webmaster, Wade Needham. Yeah. <laughs> we are here on the Ring Scoops podcast, and I'm joined with Kat. Kat, what's going on? Not much. Just started a brand new job. Oh, a new job. A jobby job. Jobby job. Yeah, how's that going? Or as my son likes to say, a jab. A jab. <laughs> I told him I, I started a new job. He goes, you started a new jab? <laughs> we all started laughing. That's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, so how how is the new job? Actually, not that bad right now. I've been in training, so it's been pretty interesting. Oh, that's good. Um compared to your previous job on a scale of one to ten uh what was your previous job like my previous job was activating cell phones for people and trying not to lose my mind with helping old people learn how to use a phone all right uh (laughs) 
Fair enough. Now, <laughs> now, now it's uh, taking orders for people and making sure that their orders get shipped to them. So oh. I, I kind of like deem them both one and the same. The only difference is this one. I get to work from home. Working from home could be And good. I don't get a drip boss. <laughs> you don't have anybody uh, coughing over your shoulder and all that stuff all day, right? Oh, dear God. Don't even get me started. <laughs> so you're in uh, import-export in a way, huh? Yeah. Well, I'll tell I'm you the customer service rep that you, you talk to on the phone. Well, I'll tell you this. If you get any people calling up complaining about like fleshlights and stuff that shall be the da uh and you guys can send the da hate mail at peel box oh, no. <laughs> it's good good stuff um i i do know that like you you had you had a lot of issues at your previous work you had a lot of gripes you know about the uh, the workplace and whatnot and uh it kind of gave me like an idea for something for us to talk about this week on the show um, gripes that we have about professional wrestling, more specifically about you know modern wrestling, today's wrestling climate, uh, today's uh, product all around the board from different promotions. I mean, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan because of how many options there are and, and how they are readily available through so many different avenues compared to even five years ago, let alone 20 years ago or even 30. But still, I mean, nothing's perfect. There's things that we can complain about. I think it's more on a on a very personal nitpicking basis nowadays with everybody than it, than it has been. But um, I thought it'd be kind of cool if maybe you and I could share like uh, our top three, if we have three, uh, top three biggest gripes in in modern wrestling. And I, I'll let you uh, I'll let you start right out of the gate. You know what? Like, what's your first uh, big gripe about wrestling? My first biggest gripe is actually one that actually happened this week, honestly. Um, and that would be wrestlers who also put themselves in the position of a booker thinking they're the hottest shit for their company. That's a one of my biggest gripes. That's, that's a big gripe. Um, I would probably add that to my list too. Shit, that's... Yeah. Yeah. In, in terms of reference, if I can reference it for a minute, um, Cody Rhodes. Yes, he finally got Rhodes back. Whoop de doo! Congratulations. You're not your dad. But far from it. You wanna you wanna refer to yourself as the ace, and that your title is the ace of the company. So what the fuck is your world championship? Just garbage? That That's like the biggest thing like that pisses me off. I've seen it from many indie wrestlers that I've gotten to know and become friends with. Literally the number one problem that they have is when a fellow wrestler decides they want to become the booker. Not cool, guys. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. If you want to wrestle, wrestle. If you want to be a booker, be a booker. If you want to be a promoter, be a promoter. Don't do all of it because you're stupid as fuck. <laughs> or, and or selfish, you know? I think that's a very selfish thing Definitely. to do. 
I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, I agree. I, you know, pick one. Don't, I think wrestling is, is one of those rare things. Like if, uh, you know, when you're working for a company, it's always good to be like a utility player where you can be popped into any spot. You got a skill set for it. You can do the job sometimes do multiple jobs. I think wrestling can work in the same way, excluding promoter slash booker. If you're going to have one of those roles, I don't think you should be doing anything else from a performance standpoint. I mean, if you want to be a promoter or a booker, and then you also want to do, I don't know, commentary or, or production or run the website or, or do any of that kind of stuff, you know, or even referee shit, you can be referee. That's fine. But as far as like being in the creative, uh, you know, you're going to do that kind of stuff. Don't put yourself in a position where you're going to be the best over somebody else. That's just not fair. Exactly. Like that was the conversation I actually just had with Jeff last night when we were talking about it. I went, you know what? Right now, I have respect for Impact. Why? Because some of their bookers don't book themselves to win or they're doing different position roles. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't see Tommy Dreamer with the uh, Impact Championship. Nope, you see Tommy Dreamer just trying to help everybody else along. Exactly. He's elevating talent, and he's having fun matches with other people as, as like, special exhibition-style matches. Exactly. I, I'm with you on that one. When I was making my list, the, the very first thing that came up for me is, like, my biggest gripe. And it's kind of like my my one and two are like they're neck and neck, but I I think this one is definitely my my absolute biggest one, is how clean production is. Um, it just seems like everything is just so perfect and shiny. Back in the day, everything kind of had like a a natural, I don't want to say grunge look to it, but you know I guess that around Great. that, yeah, you know it just it looked like a real production, like. The old days, you know, you tune into wrestling, you get the arena shots, then you go to the announcers, they tell you, hey, this is what we're going to give you tonight. And at that point, you have a choice of like, all right, I'll watch it, or you turn the channel, right? And then, like, you get into the action, you get into the promos, uh, you know, the videos, that kind of good stuff. Like, But everything is just, especially with WWE, that's a big gripe of mine, is they make things just so precise and shiny and clean and... To the point where it's just so sanitized that visually, I don't want to look at that. I don't blame you. I honestly don't blame you at all, and I can actually agree with you there. Because, you know, it, it's like, lately I can honestly say I've been mainly paying attention more to results than watching shows the 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 wrestling i've been watching has been nxt because it still gives me that kind of grit feeling i absolutely love and enjoy i absolutely love the new visual look of nxt it it does have some polished elements to it but at the same time it kind of reminds me a little bit of like when monday night raw got rid of the you know the big red raw set and went to the the war zone that's the feel and, and atmosphere that I'm getting from NXT in the newly renovated Capital Wrestling Center. And I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I've, been, I've been watching a lot more NXT than I have in a while. Um, 
when the network first launched, I watched NXT religiously. I watched it, you know, somewhat religiously about six months before it launched. But then I watched it really, really week to week until about, I don't know, maybe 2016, maybe 2017. I can't remember the point. It was around there. But then, like, I just, like, only started watching. Like, I kept tabs on things, but I really watched the takeovers. But the last, you know, month, month and a half, NXT's kind of, like, been my go-to thing. And when I'm talking about the clean production, too, it's not just WWE. Impact Wrestling. I love to watch Impact Wrestling, especially now that they got fucking rid of Dick Boy. But, um, <laughs> like, I just, to me, I get turned off from them not having and this is gonna might sound a little fucking you know uh uh a little hypocrisy here i guess from what i'm saying but i wish they would add in some noise add in a little bit of some you know some crowd ambiance i get what you're saying there like wwe if it's just silent it's weird yeah wwe i think goes a little overboard with it i think aew did it perfect from the on start of the pandemic impact just has nothing and certain matches. And I've talked about this before, especially X division matches. They need crowd reaction sounds. You can't, you can't have an X division style match and it just not have any reaction to it. It just bombs. Like I fast forwarded through the majority of the six man match at bound for glory because of it. Um, and I, I think they use way too many spotlights on their set. It just looks it looks to me like a kindergartner's, uh, cr- you know, drawing with a crayon up on your refrigerator. That's what their set looks like to me. It's just, it's, it's too much. It's just everywhere. It's over the top, and it doesn't need to be. It's just too busy. But that, that's like, that's my number one thing. What's, uh, what's another thing of yours that that you think is a gripe? Uh, a big gripe for me would actually be other companies focuses on another company instead of like focusing on how to improve theirs yeah like i'm sorry to say aew you're doing the same thing that tna did before you're so focused on wwe 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 let's mention wwe every single chance we get how about instead of focusing on WWE, focus on your own selves? Mm-hmm. Yes, you've got talent from WWE. And I see it sometimes on Impact from Josh Matthews. Like, dude, knock it off. That's where you came from, too. You know? In the end, it's like, let's focus on the actual wrestler, not not focus on where they came from. I, I totally agree with you on that. And it's funny because before we started recording, I started to think that maybe I was going to put that as my number three. And I'm glad that you brought that up because it's something that I, I wanted to discuss on the show about that. Because I totally agree with you on that. And it's, it is funny that you mentioned, you know, TNA and Impact as well, because when TNA first started, they didn't do that. Like they mentioned WWE, but it wasn't in a negative way or anything like that. Like a former talent would come out. And they would just straight up say what they accomplished in the WWE. And that was, I thought was brilliant because I never heard that before. I never heard another company use a different company as reference to hype up one of their talents, but it made them look over the top because 
like uh, let's say um, it was Ken Shamrock, right, on the first TNA pay-per-view. Like, they were talking about how mm-hmm. he was a former Intercontinental Champion. They brought up he was, um, you know, King of the Ring. You know, and it just, I thought that was kind of cool because it made him look like he was a fighter from all aspects. It wasn't just he was a TNA guy. Exactly. And, but they changed that. When, when they got their weekly show on Fox Sports... And they went down there to uh, Universal is when things started to change. They started getting the attitude, we're going to poke the big bear. Now, we have we have a sound studio, and we're on Fox Sports. We got clout. Let's poke the bear. Let's bake them some fucking cookies and take two of them and record it and say, we've got footage that Vince don't want you to see. And it just became, like, hokey. And it became ridiculous. It really did. It really did. And AEW's falling into that same trap. And back in the day, I know the Monday Night Wars, sure, WWE and WCW, they took jabs at each other, but it wasn't the kind of jabs that are being taken right now. Like, just exactly. like straight up, like Taz coming out saying, you know, sloppy shop. Um, you got Rusev talking about the, you know, the, the brass ring. You know, uh, Jericho, you know, talking about the bad booking or whatever. It's just, it's kind of Mom ridiculous. Talking about the bad booking, like... It, it is so beyond ridiculous. Even Cody, it's like, you know, you're you're doing exactly what, like, other wrestlers, like, I remember an interview with Christian, and Christian was asked about AEW and his opinion, and he goes, any advice that you want to give them? And he goes, don't do what TNA did. <laughs> yeah. Focus on your own company. You're claiming to be different. Be different. I would watch it if you truly were different. But you're doing the same old bullshit. I I don't want to see it. What we're talking about right now, I could say without hesitation, is about 80% the reason why I don't watch AEW. Be very honest with you. If it wasn't for that, I legitimately would watch it. Would I enjoy it? I don't know, but I would watch it. Yeah, uh, I'm a third generation wrestling fan. My father loved wrestling. My grandmother loved wrestling. When my own father doesn't even want to watch AEW because he's just like, I just can't get into it because the fact that I, I can't get past the constant bickering about another company. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, my next gripe kind of goes a little hand-in-hand with what we're talking about, and that's extreme fandom. Um, In my opinion, when it comes to professional wrestling, and and, and even with saying those two words, there's going to be somebody out there that says, WWE is not professional wrestling. You know what? They are. They're just a different kind of professional wrestling, all right? I mean, they are. They're they're fucking wrestling. You tune in, you see fight, you see competitors in a fucking ring battling it out. That's professional wrestling. They just happen to have, you know, there's hardcore wrestling. There's comedy wrestling. There's, uh, you know, very serious mat wrestling. There's high-flying wrestling. And there's sports entertainment. Guess what, motherfuckers? That's a fucking legitimate genre of professional wrestling. It's under the same banner. It's in the name of the company, World Wrestling Entertainment. I don't care if it's, you know, just because it's not your style of wrestling doesn't mean that it's not wrestling. It is. So with that aspect, 
Extreme fandom and professional wrestling is my thing. My biggest gripe about that. I don't care about people that are like, oh, I like this and I don't like that. And that's the end of the day. You guys are cool with me. The extreme fandom. Professional wrestling. Let's say we're going to a buffet. Outside, the sign says professional wrestling. You go inside the buffet. You grab your plate. For me, on my plate, I'm going to put some WWE on there. Big help in the WWE. A little bit of side of uh, MLW. And I think for dessert, I'm going to have a little bit of impact wrestling. That your plate's going to look different than mine. And somebody else is going to look different than both of ours. But here's the thing. Just because our plates are different, we don't hate each other. Do we? No, we don't. No. Let's celebrate the fact that we're at the same buffet. We're giving this buffet business. And this buffet is the industry. We're keeping the industry alive because we're still getting a portion of this, this, and this, and this underneath the same banner. And it's also like, and I've had this happen to me many times, especially when there's like two shows going on in one night. When somebody says something like, well, you missed out on a better show. It's like, nah, brah. I missed out on a show that you enjoyed for a show that I enjoyed. And language language is everything to me. I'm a communications major. You know, I dabbled a little bit in, in, in linguist and studying law right now. Language is fucking everything with me. But that's that. Those are the only things that I had written down for my gripes. Do you have anything else that, that you have a problem with? Uh, I have. I'm going to continue elaborating actually on yours because that was actually one that I actually had. But I also had another one. All right. And that is the Internet wrestling community thinking they are fucking entitled yes that's a big one that oh my fucking god the legit people these wrestlers owe you nothing you don't fucking matter get the fuck over it but I demand my autograph at the airport (laughs) cat Did did you see a recent photo of these two guys that literally, like, surrounded Randy Orton as he was in a freaking restroom of a restaurant? No, he didn't, but that's just sad. Yeah, they literally took a photo of him as he's trying to wash his hands. He literally looks up, and you can see the look on his face that he's irritated and pissed. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, who knows? They probably took a picture of him midstream at the urinal, too. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, that brings a whole new meaning to you. You caught me with my dick in my hand, like, (laughs) right? And it's like, you know, like one of the things, like, I can't stand when people literally get after Rebby Hardy because Rebby Hardy is one of the most outspoken wives of all. Yes, she is. Yeah, yeah, guys, guess what? She's gonna fucking be outspoken, especially when you're coming up to her fucking table with her three fucking kids and you're demanding that Matt take take a photo with you. Yeah. And give you an autograph. You know what that reminds me of? Uh, back in 2013, when I went to my first Cauliflower Alley, um, uh, it was I think it was that Monday night. They had the free wrestling show from Billy Blade in the uh, one of the convention halls. And it was like a five, six-hour show. It's a long freaking show. Good show. Good talent. Uh, but I was starting to get hungry, and a couple of friends were getting hungry as well. And my friend Brandy and I, we went up to uh, TGI Fridays to get something to eat. And we're sitting there, and we're just shooting the shit. Jim Ross and his wife Jan come walking in, and they sat maybe four tables away from us. And I just, like, I kept thinking, like, man, I 
just love to go introduce myself to JR. But I kept telling myself, dude, he's doing the same thing I'm doing right now, enjoying a nice meal. I would be upset if somebody came up to me. I can only imagine how upset he would get because he gets it often. So I told myself, don't do it. Unfortunately, you know, some other stuff happened. I couldn't get, you know, couldn't say hello to him. He left before I had a chance. But the cool thing about that is my patience paid off in a way. Because while I was sitting there eating, uh, Dave Jackson from Wrestling Cares come over, and he had Les Thatcher and Nigel McGinnis with him. And they come over to the table because they knew Brandy. And I was going to be working with Wrestling Cares. They were looking for a video editor. And so Dave was talking to me about it. And it was funny because Nigel McGinnis and I, we had a little back and forth about, you know, which program was better for editing, which is like, I mean, how many people get to have a conversation like that with a guy like Nigel McGinnis, right? But we're getting, yeah, he's talking about Premiere. I'm like, nah, man, Sony Vegas. And he goes, ah, Premiere, mate, Premiere. And I'm like, I get it done in Vegas a lot quicker than you could probably get it done in Premiere. I mean, I worked with Vegas forever. Oh, I mean, ultimately, I didn't get the job for the editing, but I got to work the scoreboard, the music, and the ring belt. No, not the ring belt. What else was it? It was something else. It was the scoreboard, the music, and it was I can't remember what the third one was, but I had a big job on that one. And it's funny because I got a big payday for that, but patience paid off on that. I know I kind of like right. I took the scenic route to wrap back around onto that, but patience pays off. You know, you got to respect people's boundaries on that shit. Straight up, like, you know, lately, one that I've definitely been seeing is literally people obsessing over why it is, like, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch haven't, like, posted a, a pregnancy photo. <laughs> yeah. except, for the, except for the one photo that was on, like, the Dead Boy Fitness's uh, Instagram stories that was of her in the shadows. And you saw the baby bump. Like, people were like, we deserve to know this shit. No, it's exactly why Asuka doesn't reveal to people that she has a child and she's a mom. You know, respect people's fucking privacy sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, it's ridiculous the uh, the amount that people obsess over, too. And, they, and like you said, the entitlement, you know, it's just... I don't understand it. I really Oscar don't. Oscar makes her has her husband wear a mask when they're out together. And it's more for I mean it's beyond for safety reasons obviously. It's for privacy too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Legit like I I was watching her YouTube video and I was watching the one where he literally goes as they were at a, a Japanese restaurant out here and he's like, "Oh, I'm her husband." And the look on her face towards him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's eh, fucking people, man. I tell you, fucking people. It's just like you know, it, it's insanity to me the the way that people act. Yeah, you know, I could go on and on and on, but it's like yeah, you know, in the end, it's like people just enjoy fucking wrestling. That's why we're all here. It's because we enjoy it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank everybody out there for tuning in to this episode of the Ring Scoops podcast right here on ringscoops.com, youtube.com slash ringscoops, anchor.fm slash ringscoops. If you would like to follow Ring Scoops on social media, it's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all with the same username, 
Ring Scoops, and also twitch.ringscoops.com if you want to check out some of the live Twitch feeds, uh, the streams that we do. It's like Slam and Jam and whatnot. It's good stuff, man. And, uh, of course, prowrestlingtees.com slash ringscoops as well for all your ringscoops merchandise. Prowrestlingtees.com slash ringscoops. That's it for this episode of the Ring Scoops podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, I'm that Ring Scoops guy saying thank you, good night, and be cool.